Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters, and everything else in between. Hi. We've been very quiet today. What's the matter? Cat has got your tongue. No, it is always your complaint that uh, I I don't let you finish your sentences. So I thought I'll let you have the lead this time. Oh, you mean I can start the sentence? Yes. Oh, how exciting. What should we talk about? Well, we've just come back from holiday. Yeah. Did we mention holiday because we did kind of mention it for 5 minutes. We did this um, impromptu podcast on the beach. Then we decided, you know, everyone staring at us while waiting for fishing chips and people thought, you know, there's two mad people just talking to themselves loudly, which is not surprising actually where we were. But um was it the kind of holiday that has left you refreshed, recharged? Have you found your mojo again or was it the kind of holiday that actually leads to the dire necessity for another holiday to recover from the first one? Saaf saaf pata tha. I there are very few things I look for in a holiday, you know. Hmm. The fluffy robe, the free toiletries that I can uh, maro, the unlimited buffet in the morning, the breakfast, and of course the full tub bath. That's all I want. in the in a hotel i think you should really grow and up. maybe a coffee outside near the beach yes. very simple simple tastes yeah but you know the problem is that so i'm all geared up for this breakfast hmm? i think it starts at 7 in the morning chebaj mm. modgya pacing up and down waiting for 7 o'clock went there you know you you want to be there early so you can get all the bacon the, i just believe that you know if you get there later it's the same thing rehash recooked reheated get there early in the morning eat the fresh stuff and i can't understand you guys eating bread uh, makkhan you the ganavi kha sakte you just want to pile in the sausages and the bacon i am sorry but we have enough sausages and bacon at home as well no but it's different there you know when you can have five five at a time and then I, that's why i also go early because then i realize that i need to spend the next 2 3 hours pacing up and down the hotel room going to the toilet ish kind of thing mm-hmm. and then too much uh, information and then uh, and then i think oh god mera pet khrab ho gaya i shouldn't have had so much and then i think relax kal bhi hai kal i'll do the whole thing again tomorrow but i'll pace myself i'll eat in moderation but you know it never works it doesn't work and you never learn and somehow when you're in a hotel you just feel like you have to have a, a bath bath not a shower but a bath it's like de rigueur even though we have a bath at home Yeah, we never use the bath at home yeah yeah we, because it's too much hassle scrubbing it and you know if you have to use a bath i do agree that uh, using it in a hotel is very convenient because all the scrubbing and cleaning is done for you you can just surround yourself with these beautiful aromatic candles and really have a good soak for a couple of hours without being disturbed knowing that you don't have to clean the bath as well oh i look at it a different way i feel like i'm some you know the who or the rolling stones or led zeppelin you know splashing water so it goes to the you know the floor underneath probably what kind of hotels have you been staying in i don't think we've been staying in the same kind of hotels where water would leak or seep through the roof but anyway um so yeah back from a holiday and uh, so going back to your question yep i'm recharged refreshed rejuvenated we're recording this on a bank holiday monday which is also the last bank holiday on the british calendar before christmas Uh, it is a reminder that the seasons are changing very rapidly and that christmas is going to come around before we know it this is the last holiday it is the last bank holiday before christmas oh i i, I don't know these sort of things mm. oh. 
So what has been uh, in the news? What are we talking about today? What have we been reacting to, well, listening we're, about? We're being frivolous right now, mm. but been, the news has been quite serious. Yeah. I'm talking about Afghanistan. Mm. It's been all over the news. Yeah. The Taliban. I don't know. It's also 20 years next week of um, 9-11 as well. And I feel that it seems that we've regressed. We've gone back 20 years. Mm. You have the same thoughts? I think so, because, yeah, women's groups all over the world are up in arms saying that the progress that they've made in the last 20 years eh, under the government, which was completely engineered by America, but that was also the reason why they were able to give women a lot more rights. Girls were allowed to study. They were allowed to really make these great strides in virtually every field. And they feel that with the Taliban seizing control one more time, all that hard work is going to be completely undone so it's going to be a 20-year hole in afghanistan's history um yeah because i think 20 years ago was it george w and uh, tony blair yeah you know all the fufa and this we're going to invade this we're going to sort things out i think it all ended up coming to nothing mm. and i think the saddest thing is the two things that really hit you about this uh, story this unfurling disaster in afghanistan Besides the fact that it's going to destabilize the Middle East one more time and it spells doom for a lot of people, as they say, because America has vested interests and besides the politics aside, it is a human interest story. You feel sad for the people of Afghanistan and how they are fleeing their own country now. So many of them have been left behind. And also... Um, and many countries are closing the borders as well. Yeah. Making yeah. it harder and harder to get out. I've forgotten what I was and going of to course, say, what and of course, point was. And of course, uh, Taliban are also not letting people get out. Yeah. So it, it is really, I think, a very sad, sad state of affairs for the people of Afghanistan and the world just kind of helplessly watching because there's only so much you can do. You know, the refugee crisis in Europe and elsewhere in the world being what it is, everybody is taking a hard line on, you know, the number of refugees that they can accommodate, that their economies can support and some people will draw a line somewhere. And some of the Western countries, I'm talking specifically about England, um, Great Britain and America. Mm. I think they have said yesterday, or was it um, day before yesterday, that they're not going to airlift or or rescue any more people now. Mm. You know, they've reached their limit. I think it is quite heartbreaking, not just for the people of Afghanistan, I hasten to add, but for all the military men, American, English, European, you know, those who've been in Afghanistan, in and out of the war zone for the last 20 years. So many of them have lost their lives. So many of them are injured. You know, when when you think about the sacrifices that they were asked to make by their governments, and then when you look back and you think that all of that has come to naught, everything has been undone. Um, that That's what is really sad. There was another story which kind of had people divided, I suppose, on whether it was the right or the wrong thing to do. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about um, Ben Farthing. Aren't yeah. You? Uh, for for those that don't know, he's he has finally, I think, made it back. Where he was running a kind of animal shelter. Uh, animal shelter, and he's come back with a lot of his cats and dogs. Mm. But unfortunately, he had to leave most of his staff behind. Yeah. So there's a bit of controversy that was this the right thing to do? But then there's other. There's other ways to look at it. It was a private plane. It was paid by donations. Mm. And a lot of Afghanis were also on that plane. Yeah. I think Ben Farthing and the animals were in the holding, in the holding pen, the one in the seats and all, you know. Yeah. So 
it's quite controversial mm. is it more important to save the lives of animals mm. or to put human beings first or is it just you yeah i think it is like walking stuff. the exact same tightrope that many people did when covid uh, wreaked havoc that you know do you save lives or do you save livelihoods it is the same kind of thing it's easy to say that put everybody on follow and let everybody work from home but there were so many people for whom that sounded the death knell they couldn't work from home they were in jobs where they were dependent on their daily wages to put food on the table it is a bit like that right that of course much as we all f- love animals and we feel that you know they they should be protected as well but when it comes to protecting animals versus protecting human beings no it's the, not the, an easy decision the actual controversial bit is the fact that i don't think the taliban hmm. were going to attack the animals hmm. or do you think they were I that's that's the point that most people are See, raising. See that's what people say that no one really knows the ground reality in a place like Afghanistan because so far in the last 20 years the west led by America has controlled everything that comes out of Afghanistan. And now with America gone with the the you know foreigners out of Afghanistan I'm sure the Taliban is very closely monitoring uh anything that's going on there so you don't really know what the ground reality is how bad the situation is um and and then the Taliban's got, Taliban's got their own problems as well because they it's not just the Taliban now there's there's horrific bombs there's horrific bombs with the al-Qaeda K yeah another faction there are lots of factions and i think the, even the the right wing has kind of realized now that they can't do something completely uh, opposed to human rights because then the rest of the world I'm sure we'll get together and do something i hope they will do something there so are already they're trying to make amends trying to build bridges trying to at least portray that you know they will be progressive they wouldn't be as harsh as they were 20 years ago but who knows how it's going to pan out um i remember there was a major influx of afghan refugees in delhi this was in the 90s i think because i remember sadly i can't remember her name but there was a girl who was in my class in school she came when she was in year 9 and she was only there for a few months but because you know in an indian school suddenly this beautiful afghani girl walks in with light eyes and blonde hair I still remember her face so vividly but she was not in my uh, year group I think a year below me but I remember her face so well and it was because she told us or rather when she was introduced the teacher told us that a lot of afghanis had suddenly moved to Delhi. No, I'll I'll tell you a story um, you saying in the ni- in the 1990s yeah this is early 2000s mm. so I was living in um, Lajpatnagar which in delhi is uh, a colony which was originally in the 19 1947 ke baad it's where all the um, the Pe- punjabis came yeah those from who migrated pakistan. those who migrated from pakistan came there mm. and it became a, a thriving colony punjabi colony in mm. in new delhi and then by the 80s 90s as you're saying um, those that did well mm. kind of moved out yeah and uh, a lot of afghani refugees came in so um, i was living there for a bit and um, one day this beautiful afghani mother with her daughter knocked on my door and um, you know i answered i answered the thing and um, they said that we heard that you fix uh, they came and they showed me the broken radio they said we heard that you f- you you work in radio mm. and they presumed that work in radio means that i fix you were a mechanic who would fix it yeah mm. so we did get it fixed mm. and they were really nice you know i i got to know them mm. and um so i always remember that that it was very brave of her she thought okay let's knock on this guy's door this that you know 
It's good. So yeah, Afghanistan, and as you're saying, 20 years of 9/11, that was again a, an event that shook the world, and I think changed the balance of power, and completely changed world politics for all of us, right? Um, so even that's like many many documentaries looking back on the uh, impact that it had on American politics, on the lives of American people, on America's standing vis-a-vis the rest of the world, on how the Middle East. T- reacted to what happened in america um so, so i think politically this this year is kind of there it's it is a year that is witnessing a lot of political turmoil you know talking about war conflict didn't you go and see a play the, this week was it this week or last week you know? last week i did it was a about fabulous these play. Sort of things uh tom stoppard's multiple award winning play leopold strad Now Leopoldstraat is actually uh, is it a place. It is a place. It is the old Jewish quarter in Vienna. And this straddles about 60 70 years. It starts on Christmas Day 1890 and it's the story of a Jew who is quite he's done well in life. He's well to do. And it starts in his apartment with his entire extended family everybody gathered around the tree and you know although Jews don't celebrate christmas but they have some sort of traditions around it and it's quite funny as well but very poignant it is about um you know the the political turmoil that unfolds all across europe leading to the first world war then the second world war so the rise of uh, you know the nazis so and how nazi germany kind of nazi germany and you know it I, there was a lot that i didn't know you know the place of jews in in society and you know how they were even though they were a minority but uh, they were they were the ones who were at university they were the artists the musicians the painters the writers the thinkers so many of them were jews you know they were really well off and how they were persecuted and what they went through so it was a story of many generations and it was a play without an interval to an two hours 10 minutes straight absolutely very emotional very emotional but it had its funny moments as well and so you could see why it is a multiple award oh, is, is it sound music is she not at all not at all quite the opposite there's no such word i know as sound music is she but you know what i mean yeah no no it's quite the opposite but it is about a uh, big jewish family and what happens to various members of the family so when the play opens you know you're in their living room and uh, so you've got the two sisters you've got the man about the house his wife the two sisters his mum all the nephews and nieces and how you know the two brother-in-laws are always trying to uh, kind of show off and impress the rest of the family how the children are all completely oblivious to the political changes that are about to happen and they you know the parents are discussing it but they're still not sure there's a baby on the way it is brilliantly done but you're right it is absolutely more or less the same topic as what we're witnessing in Afghanistan today which is how politics has sometimes especially these world events that you know shaped uh, the way the world kind of uh, evolved how they can have an impact on a family that can sometimes last for generations and even then they carry a chip on their shoulder or they feel persecuted or they feel that you know they haven't really been given their rightful place in society brilliantly done so it's but you know what this is the first time i went and saw a play uh, was there with my friend and post covid post covid so it was quite strange normally you know you booked your seats and off you go you go and have a lovely lunch or a, a you know pre theater 
set meals. All those pre-theater menus. Pre-theater menus and really make it a day out of it. Do you have a lot of money? I'm going to go to the hospital, obviously. But this was the first time when we were both more worried about whether or not we had our COVID pass and, you know, we were told we were assigned a gate at the theater. So you have to take the test before you go in? You have to take, you know what? I'm not sure about the test, but if you're double jabbed and if you've downloaded the COVID pass, which is essentially a barcode, they can kind of look at it and they can see that what your vaccination status is. You mean is. they can see your whole medical history? Yeah, they can see your whole medical history. And for some reason, they were really nice and it was done so wonderfully. It was really efficiently organized. So we were straight away, as soon as we went there, they scanned our barcodes, they scanned our tickets and we were... Off we went to the bar first, had a drink. Then we, and you know the the rule of watching a play in a theatre in London, especially when the aisle is so narrow. The person who sits in the middle is always the last to arrive with a glass and with loads everyone of bags. Everyone has to stand up. Everyone has to stand up. And for those who don't know, in London theatres, the very old ones are exceedingly small. Notoriously They're small. Quite tiny. In fact, if you don't have a head for I'm heights... I'm talking about the chair space as well. Not just that. If you don't have a head for heights, they say that you should really not book in the stalls at all. So we were very, very beautifully placed. slightly hatta-katta like me... It's, it's not easy. Book two tickets then, two seats. But uh, it was it was a strange experience. But saying that, even though we'd all so essentially everybody who was in the theater was double jabbed. So there was no chairs like you know we've been to a few screenings last year as well when theaters opened for a little while. Where uh, they leave a seat in between. Leave quite a few seats in between if you've come in a group, um, a group of six. I remember Andrew Lloyd Webber and all saying that they can't afford to do. They that. can't afford to do this. So this was a packed house. This was a middle of the week packed house, and it was a wonderful view. Well worth it. Set in Vienna. Yeah. There's something about, you know, have you seen The Third Man? No. It's an Orson Welles movie, mm. Orson Welles, set mm. in Vienna. Mm. And that brings me on to, I watched an old black and white movie from 1957. Mm. I think it was on TV or Netflix called, it was one of my favorite movies. I've seen it before. Mm. It's called Witness to the Prosecution, an old Agatha Christie short. Witness for the Prosecution. What did I say? Witness to the Prosecution. Witness for the Prosecution. I know it rather well. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay. I think it's, it's a short story. For it. It's not an actual novel of Agatha Christie. Yeah, we've seen many but, versions but of this film. Yeah, it's come out many times. Yeah. But this is for me the, the gold standard. Yeah. yeah. It's um, the great Charles Lawton. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't know if you have this habit, but I've suddenly got this thing where when I'm watching a movie, mm. I like to look at my phone and Wikipedia, all the actors, the cast. Which can be quite annoying for those who are watching it with you because you don't just look at your phone, you make it a point to tell everybody else in the room as well what well, you just found out about Charles Lawton, about Lauren Bacall, about the rest of them. Lauren Bacall is not actually in that movie, but yeah. No, who was it? Not Lauren Bacall, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I was. What I want to tell you was, uh, there's. Uh, it was Marlene Dietrich. Marlene Dietrich. Hmm. Um, what I want to tell you was that the the lady who played his nurse, hmm. uh, if you who see, he the was movie, very mean to in the film mean, throughout. Was, in real life, was his wife. Oh. And these sort of things you'd only find when you you know Google stuff. Uh. Was, I I didn't know that. Hmm. It I, was. It is. It is actually a best-selling play. At the, uh, in it the is West a play. As well. it's, it's on right. They're it's on right now. Revive yeah. it. I think. Yeah. I don't know why I mentioned that, just because black and white movies. Yeah, but it it is extremely well written. For those who like courtroom dramas. It is a courtroom drama. It is absolutely fantastic. And there's a couple of twists in it as well. Mm. A couple? There are quite a few. Uh, Talking of black and white movies, I seem to have this love for 
I suppose the word is film noir. Hmm. These, you know, these late 1940s, hmm. early 50 kind the of... The postman always rings twice. The postman always uh, rings twice or knocks twice. Knocks twice. And uh, what's the other one I really like? Street double indemnity. Double, uh, Streetcar named Desire. Yeah, that's going, that to, that's going Ish. into the 50s now. That's mm. Tennessee Williams, isn't it? Mm. Okay, then. I think we've uh, chatted enough about movies. Yep. Anything you want to talk about, like uh, your son being double jabbed? It hasn't been double jabbed. Sorry, your son being jabbed. Yeah, a 16 and a half year old has got his COVID You know why I said double jab? Because I don't think they're giving two jabs to um, under 18s. Yeah. So they're all back at school. He's going back. They're uh, nearly back. This week, the younger one is back next week. So within the next four, five, six days, all the kids in England are going to be back at school. And uh, they've told over 16s to get... uh, the one vaccine that they're getting and I think they're getting they're all getting Pfizer I think Mm. but I was just thinking this is something we need to find out does that mean they don't need the flu jab or do they get the flu jab as well because Covid has nothing to do with flu so maybe in the next episode we'll have a little bit more news on what's going on there Um, until uh, the next episode is it time to say bye bye is it I think so okay then let's say bye bye do you want to say um, where they can, on which platforms they can catch us? All the usual platforms. I'm <laughs> sure by now. They I know. could have said that. All the usual platforms. Yep. All the big I th- ones. I thought you'd say Stitcher, Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I can't think of the rest. Podbeam. Spotify. Not Beam. Bean. Of course it's Podbean. Yep. We could play Charles Lawton and his nurse uh, in... Witness for the prosecution. What in real life? Yep. Oh, sorry. He was mean to her. Yeah. So what? What advantage do you have in that then? Yeah, that's true. Well, I think it's time to say bye bye now. Do you think we're just rambling on now? Yes, we are. Okay then. Let's say bye. Bye. Bye.